0: Welcome, everyone. Welcome back to the Project Bridge uh, pb podcast. Uh, my name is Ron Del Cid. I'm the lead outreach worker. And um, I have a special guest today. I'll let her introduce herself.
1: Hi, my name is Rebecca Acevedo, and I'm the director for the Neighborhood College Program that operates here at the YLC.
0: Thank you, Rebecca, for being here today. And uh, thank you for taking the time uh, out of your busy schedule to uh, jump on here and, and kind of discuss this topic. So today's topic... Um, You know, I wanted to talk about this, kind of cover this, uh, because, you know, we've been working together for quite some time already. And uh, how many years has it been, you think?
1: At least eight.
0: Eight years. So, and we've had throughout those years. um, So for you people that are listening and don't know, there's a teen center here in Bobby Bonds Park called Youth Opportunity Center. And uh, we've been doing different programs uh, from classes to um something right now what what miss rebecca's uh doing right after this um maybe she can talk about a little bit too and um just just doing different work with with kids uh trying to give them opportunities so um but you know i wanted to talk about some of the 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 kids that we do work with you know it's not just uh i mean it's hard because don't want to label anybody but our, the kids we work with are just a little bit different, you know. There might be—I mean, to me—is it's, they're all normal, the same. Um, but you know, we 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 work with a specific special population. I think uh, that maybe gets looked at a little differently. Um, I mean, for some people, we'll get into this discussion. But um, I do have a couple of questions, Miss Rebecca, and, and and we can talk about it back, go back and forth, or maybe you have—you know—if you have no say in it, it's okay. But um, are there any youth that you have worked with and that are labeled uh, gang-involved, or from your knowledge, carry that name or stigma?
1: Yes. So the Neighborhood College Program is a resource for those families impacted by the Department of Juvenile Justice, as well as Riverside County Probation. So one of our elements, or one of the components of our program, is gang prevention and intervention. So I would say, on average, 70% of our enrollments do participate in that class. About 70% of the youth that we work with have some type of exposure to gangs, neighborhoods, or even culturally. They may not be involved in a gang, but they have been exposed to that lifestyle. So our component with that's built into Neighborhood College is really to be able to address those concerns but also to provide information and an awareness of what affiliation means and what, how important it is to really align yourself with not only your community but what do you want out of life.
0: Thank you, Rebecca. And uh, yes, there are a lot of... Uh, factors i believe that come into play into it you know um a lot of these communities uh these these youth that we work with um i feel like they're they're targeted labeled there's a lot of things going on um to me you know it's 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 a very special place you know um the location we're at is is known as the, the east side here in riverside but there's lots of kids that come through um it's also known as like a safe space inside these doors you know we've had i've had worked with kids and i'm sure you have too rebecca from so many different uh neighborhoods or areas you know and um walks of life you know kids having kids having kids at a young age and just so many things happening you know um can you can you kind of uh, touch on some of your experience working with uh, with this population
1: absolutely so through the neighborhood college program specifically here in the city of Riverside, that we've been helping youth for the last eight years. So here in the city of Riverside, we've been working with young people that are gang-involved or gang-exposed for the past eight years. But this has been a part of my life before I was even born. My father and brothers were gang members and suffered so many instances of Prejudice as they were coming out, and it's just been a critical part of our program to be able to assist young people in not just leaving, but what's the plan? How do you get from A to B? And that's one of the things that we don't see addressed often enough in youth programs is for those young people that want to take a different path, that are ready to leave the neighborhood or move on in their life. How do you? Provide those stepping stones for them. And that's one of the things that speaks to the effectiveness of our program and why we have young people coming back to the center years later to speak with their mentor, to get resources, to even just let us know what's going on in their life, is because they've made positive changes and totally have rearranged the direction in which they were going.
0: Thank you Rebecca. Um yeah, I've been here 10 years and uh everything you're saying is true as far as uh you know, um the kids coming back. Um you know, talking about the, the 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 job. I mean, I remember at one point there was kids that were 14 years old, 15 struggling with uh man, you know, drug addiction or maybe um didn't really feel like they had a stable home um they come back later on throughout the years and come to find out you know now now they have a family of their own and they want to show you their their significant other or their kids and and they're kind of like hey look at you know i'm grown up now and um you know it's it's crazy because you see see different generations of that coming in and out of the the center and um most of them have probably been into the program or had done some part you know um i remember first bringing uh, the youth to, to, through neighborhood college, you know, and and it was like a a good resource because some of the kids had some exposure to like, um, you know, they were either gotten a ticket or gotten arrested or they had to do some type of community service hours or, or classes. And, and, um, you know, it was just like a good fit, you know, with the, with the team you had. And and they were just very concerned and were willing to help uh, with anything at the, you know, um, like Joe and Donna, you know, they, kids still come and ask for them, um, asking how they're doing, and and I say, you know, what, give me a second and make a phone call, and, and just just to say hi real quick, and you know, and I know they, they never forget them, um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's just something special, something that um, not well, I will always carry, but I think it's something special for the, for the teens, the youth that come through, for it makes it it makes it it makes it a special place here um, to do this job. Um I, I always wondered, you know, and I think this is a big question of like uh you know, why do you why do you believe some of these kids uh join a gang?
1: I think the data that we have collected shows that for the most part young people are looking for a family. When we see the issues of substance misuse, alcoholism, um poor grades, not progressing academically, isolating, all of those things go back to what is deeper, a deeper concern that's going on in the family. And especially culturally, we're brought up, you know, family over everything, family first. And when a young person doesn't have that at home, they will look for it someplace else, even if it's an erroneous concept of what family is, right? Because I think one of the Parts of our program that makes it so effective when we're talking about gang exposure and gang involvement is that many of our presenters have left that lifestyle. They are credentialed messengers. They've done it. They've been there. They got out and they're successful. And now they're able to share not only their struggles in gang life, but their accomplishments and successes in leaving that lifestyle.
0: And I've always wondered, uh, Rebecca, how do you get these uh, people that are that have, have lived their life um, that they that they've left and wanting to, you know, because I have a lot of friends too that you know are in and out of prison. They talk about you know doing, wanting to do this and that, and then you know some fall through, some follow follow through, and 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 they want to make a change. Maybe they don't know how to, but you know, how how do you? you know is there not that there's a like secret formula or anything but you know how do you kind of get those guys and and girls men and women um to just kind of do this 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 magical work
1: to be quite honest i have never looked for anyone <laughs> they approach me um i think that like anything if you're determined and you have it in your heart to help others you will find a way our program is just one of many programs that have this component embedded. And I think the only test is time. A lot of times, like you said, the in and out, the revolving door, not everybody makes it. But when I encounter a young person or a you know, man or woman that comes to me and says, hey, I want to be involved, I want to help people, I came out of this lifestyle, and this is how I did it, for me the test is always, okay, how long have you been doing this? What's, what's your rep, you know, back home? Are you, know, do you still, do people still look at you when you're walking down the sidewalk? It really does take a lot of self-reflection because you're going to be pouring into a young person. And so we want all of our volunteers, mentors, and staff are fully vetted and have an established track record of doing well and exiting that lifestyle. And that's what makes their story so impactful is that they can defer back to a long history of doing good. You know, if you want to feel good, then you got to do good. And that's one of the core messages that we promote here at Neighborhood College.
0: Thank you, Rebecca. And I know um, you're about to start a class soon. So I, I think uh, this is definitely one of many there are many many conversations you and I always talk about you know mainly work you know about the kids about the the next group coming up uh you know about kind of what's going on you know the what kind of the uh, um me being here at the, at the YLC, the y o c the center for a long time I feel like there's always you kinda got to you kinda have to listen to the needs coming from the community and uh this is definitely something that I think very much needed um you know people that know. Uh, or have lived or understand this population is, I you know, I I agree, you know, very much needed. Um, but, you know, we will probably get into this more in another um, podcast, another episode. But, uh, Rebecca, thank you for coming on. And do you have any, any last, uh, anything you want to say before we go?
1: Thanks so much for having me, Ron. But if I could leave with anything, it would be this, that our greatest mistakes, you know, some of us have it tattooed on our forehead. Some of us have been stamped and, and labeled for the wrong choices that we made. But it's not the end of your story. It's not the end of the road. There are folks, unfortunately, that have done a lot worse and just haven't gotten caught. But for some of our young people, that stigma, that label um, is front and center. And so I would just want to encourage your listeners to not give up. There's resources available to help you, and we are just one of many, but I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be here at the center and to work with the families in our community. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you, Rebecca.